What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as Hamhox42 on the internet, and today is going to be the last round of Zendikar spoilers, because hey, it's better late than never. Am I right? I think I'm right. Okay, so today we're going to be looking at Cherix the Raging Isle, and the reason that I wanted to look at this card specifically is that it's crazy. <laughs> it's really that simple. This card is a monstrosity in the best sense of the word, and interestingly enough, it's in blue, and it's in blue in a way that is very unique and works well flavorfully for what they're doing. So Cherix the Raging Isle, it costs two blue blue. It is a Leviathan Crab that is a zero. 17. 017, and it has some text on it too. Spells your opponents cast the target Cherix the Raging Isle cost two more to cast. So it's kind of that soft quasi hexproof that we've seen on some other cards in the past. And then you can pay three. Cherix gets plus X minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of islands you control. So in a mono blue deck, this thing is absurd. Um, now, the fact that it's a 0-17 means that it's a phenomenal blocker right away on turn four. And so it's able to block very nicely. Now, it doesn't have reach, so flyers are still a concern, but it just is capable of absorbing anything that's flying at it that doesn't have death touch so that's amazing and on top of that the artwork on this thing is gorgeous and there are two different versions of it one is showing what looks like you can actually see on on the artwork there's uh some greenery depicted on the top of a gigantic crab that is clearly rising it's rising up out of the ocean like it looks like an island stood up and you as a and underneath it there was a huge crab monster and it's fantastic i just i absolutely adore this this image and on top of that in the foreground is actually the large right claw of the beast and it looks just truly enormous and what's fun too in the foreground um in front of the claw even you can see what look like cup islands um, and there are multiple of them just floating, and they're relatively small compared to the image of the uh, the monster itself to give you a really, a really impressive sense of scale. Now, there's also some promo artwork that shows the same creature, um, except instead of it rising at a distance, it's instead coming directly at the camera. So it looks like it is attacking the person. It's coming to attack the viewer. It looks like the horrifying moment that the fisherman has when they're standing on the dock in a kaiju movie as it rises up out of the ocean and you know goes to swallow them right before they cut away to the researcher who's in the lab somewhere that's going to defeat the monster later so it's it's very much that moment captured and you can actually see a uh, a, a humanoid figure looks like potentially a core standing in the foreground looking up at this monster that's raging forward i absolutely love it and it definitely fits the flavor of the, the raging isle so a 017 that has the ability to shift. Um, now, if you're playing in a mono blue deck, let's say you hit this on turn four, right? So now you have a 017 on the board. Now you want to attack on turn five. Let's assume all of your lands are islands and you hit all of your land drops. So on turn five, you have five lands. You can pay three and all of a sudden this thing becomes a 512. So you'd have a 512 on turn five and then you could have a 611 on turn six and a 710 on turn seven, etc., etc. So if you have three mana up to constantly pay into it, you could have some really solid, you could have a really solid attacker. And beyond that, once you hit turn three, or sorry, once you hit turn six, you could even double activate it. Um, in which case you would pay six mana 
and turn it into a, what is that, a 12-5. So that could be potentially dangerous because all of a sudden your the toughness is reducing by quite a bit, but you can also do that at instant speed. So you can attack with a 0-17 and whether or not your opponent blocks it and what they block with can dictate what power you set it to. So if they don't block it with anything, you can just crank the dial on this thing and, you know, in integers of three, um, as long as the number of islands you control uh, are, you know, relatively within within bounds. So that might actually be worth playing this in like a Simic ramp package where you have access to just an obscene amount of mana, but only half your mana base is going to be islands. That way, the number of islands that you have might be five, but you have access to 12 mana. And so you have a lot of flexibility with this guy as to how you can set the power and the toughness. And again, you can do that at instant speed. So if they don't block it with anything, you can just crank the dial on this thing and make it a 15-2 or, you know, whatever it ends up being and just deal an obscene amount of damage directly to their face. Now, that would open you up to things like shock, and so there's a little bit of a mind game, or if your opponent's running burn, you want to be a little bit more careful with that, but if they aren't, go crazy, have some fun. So, all in all, I like Cherix. I think this card is really, really cool. There's also another interaction that I'd be remiss if I didn't point out. Now, this isn't going to be legal in Standard, which is very good, because holy cow, otherwise this would be truly absurd, and that is High Alert. High Alert is an enchantment that was in Ravnica Allegiance, and it says each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. There are a couple of other cards that do this, but I wanted to highlight High Alert specifically. Um, and additionally, creatures you control can attack as though they didn't have Defender, which is irrelevant in this case, um, but it's very, very good. Like it's just a it's just a good card, and so if and High Alert costs three. So if you play High Alert on turn three, followed by Cherix on turn four, you affect it. So you have a zero seventeen. However, it's a zero seventeen that can hit like a seventeen seventeen, on turn four, in blue white. That's nutso, and that's going to be legal in Historic. And on top of that, you can combine it with a little card called. Tetsuko Umazawa Fugitive, and uh, yeah, huge shout out to the folks in my Discord who were discussing this earlier, because uh, I got to be honest, I didn't see this on my own. They, it was a community moment when we had, the, <laughs> when we they uh, we discussed this. Tetsuko Umazawa Fugitive, creatures you control with power or toughness, one or less can't be blocked. Now, Cherix technically has zero power, so Tetsuko Umazawa makes Cherix completely and totally unblockable. Now, if you have high alert. It hits with 17 damage, but its power is still technically zero. Therefore, you effectively have an unblockable 17-17 that can start swinging as early as turn five. Because Tetsuka Umazawa only costs two. So all of a sudden, you're turn two, Tetsuka Umazawa. Turn three, high alert. Turn four, Cherokee the Raging Isle. Turn five, profit. That's like truly bonkers. Like There's so much you can do with that. It's insane, and I absolutely love it. Cherix the Raging Isle is my kind of jank. This card is beautiful, it's powerful, it does what it does, and it does it very, very well. I am definitely going to be trying to brew something around this, and if you want to see that brew in action, I would highly recommend check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhawks42. That's where I try out all my silly brews. Most of them don't work out so great, but every so often I hit a winner. And uh, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, you can also check me out on YouTube, oh, well, if you're listening to the podcast version, or you can check out this podcast as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts how many more times can i say podcast 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 okay this is a short one and sweet one but the truth is i love this card it's a gigantic crab monster it's available in a couple of different artworks both of which are truly gorgeous 
and it just really, mmm, mmm, it makes me happy. Makes me super duper happy. Oh, and there's some flavor text. Zendikar C's are deeper than anyone can fathom. Okay, there's a little bit of wordplay in there that I really appreciate. Fathom as a as a measure of depth and an understanding of cognition, I think is really, really fantastic. So the idea that it's so deep, no one can measure it. Ha ha ha. I appreciate that. That's like a borderline pun that I appreciate. I think it's well done. And the fact that there, that Zendikar sees can maintain a creature like this is terrifying because uh, that's one of the things that we don't think about with huge monsters so much, the ecology behind a creature like this existing, because there have to be things that are big enough to sustain this. This thing eats something. I'm just gonna throw that out there. This thing has to be eating something, like multiple times a day, presumably, in order to stay this size. How big are those things? And how how often do you, are those just swimming about? Cause that sounds pretty terrifying in and of itself. And that's just the chum that this thing survives off of. Anyway, crazy idea. And I absolutely love that. So Zendikar is a terrifying place, truly. And, you know, I know Ikoria was the lair of behemoths. At least that was the idea. And the truth is, Cherix, the Raging Isle here, I think is taking the cake as a behemoth that we can all appreciate. So, yeah, thanks so much for hanging out. I appreciate you. And uh, I will catch you next time. Don't forget that you are a good person and you deserve to be happy.